Welcome to A Women's Brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode, we're joined by Ian and JD from Wild Weather Ales. We're going to get an exclusive look and taste of their latest release, Cephalopod. I'm Joanne and this is Tori. Hey yo. And we are two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. Ian, JD, who are you? What are you doing here? What uh, are you doing here? <laughs> go on, go on, Joe, you take the lead. Um, okay, hello, my name is JD. Uh, I'm the I'm the head brewer at Wild Weather. Um, and I'm I'm Ian, I'm sales and marketing, and uh, as JD put me, director of fun. Oh, that's a really good title. I <laughs> like, like an amazing job titles. Yeah, amazing title yeah. to have. <laughs> Yeah. Right, so uh, between the two of you, do one of you guys want to give us an elevator pitch of Wild Weather, who you are, sort of when you started, just for anybody that, for whatever reason, doesn't know who you guys already are? Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, no worries. Um, so we've, we've been around for about eight years, uh, started with sort of traditional beers, but made with American hops. And then gradually, as each person's entered the Wild Weather team, something else has sort of... Uh, sort of added a bit to the beer and broken a bit of Mike's sanity, I think it's fair to say. Um, so so as we've sort of merged, as we've moved on and we've sort of learned a bit more and had new influences come in, the beer's sort of changed and sort of come around that. So we went from a very British beer company to a, to I believe that possibly the only uh, brewery in the world to have a uh, banana milkshake IPA <laughs> in their core line. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, what are we doing here today? Well, we, Joe and I, have been fortunate enough to get uh, a can of cephalopod from you guys, which yes. is dropping the same day this podcast is dropping. So, it should be Monday, the 1st of March, um, and it is a Heather Honey Imperial Stout. So, I'm going to crack it open. Yeah. Get it poured. Here is all cracking these lovely cans. <laughs> It's a wonderful and, uh, sound, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's a little <laughs> bit of ASMR for people that enjoy that. But um, I guess for me, and I I kind of learned a bit when I went to go pick this up from you, JD. I learned about a lot of different types of honey. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I've I've got enough now that I can do like pub pub quiz level of like honey and stuff. Oh, that's um, good knowledge. Heather Honey. Do you want to tell us sort of mm. what Heather Honey is for anyone that doesn't know? Because for me, sure. I was like, honey is honey, isn't it? Yeah, right. So um, one of the things we've really worked hard on at Wild Weather in the last year or so, um, first of all, like lockdown has been both a blessing and a curse. Um, because on the one hand, all of our pubs and bars are closed and we don't have the outlets that we used to, um, although hopefully we'll see those things returning. Um, but what it has given us is lots and lots of time to think about uh, what our future releases might, what might be and um, do kind of a lot of um, much needed uh, research and development in some of the stuff that we've we've always kind of had in the back of our minds uh, but never really been able to translate fully into our final product and one of those uh, things is uh, honey actually because as you said um, most people don't really realize that there are different sorts of honeys and as you said with heather honey it really depends on uh, where is the beehive uh, in relation to the surrounding flora that the bees gather the honey from. So in the case of heather honey, uh, the apiaries and the beehives are surrounded by uh, wild growing heather. And um, having spoken to our supplier, Stefan, from a company called Bee Mercy, 
he says, well, you can never guarantee that 100% of the honey comes from Heather, but the surroundings are so full of it that it has to be the majority. So um, just as would you get um, grapes coming from the south of France that make superior wines and hops coming from America and New Zealand that make superior tropical style hops, um, you get a certain degree of terroir uh, for your honey. Your, your honey is a little snapshot of whatever the flora and fauna are in the surrounding area. So as a result, heather honey is not like your average store-bought honey. Store-bought honey is often clear, orange, um, liquored back with glucose and fructose syrups and uh, very easily fermentable. But this heather honey, it, first of all, it's dark brown. Um, <laughs> second of all, it doesn't smell like um, just sugar. It smells like uh, almost like deep, dark kind of caramel, almost like spiced rum when you open Ooh. up the, the honey barrel that we received. Um, yeah, so I think the um, the other nice thing, as Jay was saying, with the uh, the sort of having the extra time is, you know, quite often we're sort of not not pushed for time and coming up with ideas and getting getting it to glass. But um, it's nice to have that extra time to to sort of really source our suppliers, work with uh, work with people that really that we really want to work with, uh, whether it be coffee, honey, or whatever we're doing at the time. It's it's nice to have that sort of that extra five minutes to make a connection and really get to know these people. Where are the Where's the honey supplier in relation to where you guys are? So the honey supplier is based in the UK and all the apiaries he works with are in Spain. Um, okay. But, but the reason he does that is because they've got such a, a wide variety of different sorts of, um, I suppose you could call them different locations. There, there are some in the south of Spain that are surrounded by lemon and orange trees. So they make a really fantastic citrus honey. Um, obviously in the northern foothills of Spain, you get just kind of lots of wild growing heather, They've also got forests. They've got kind of a plethora of different styles of environment. Um, yeah. A tapas of honeys. Yeah. <laughs> it blew my <laughs> mind sort of when I was speaking to you on, yeah. on uh, Friday. And you were just like, yeah, there's eucalyptus honey. And there's this. I was just like, I, I didn't even know there were that many different varieties of honey. It just absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. Not sure now. yeah. <laughs> the long and short of it is that um, honey takes uh, the honey made by the bees takes on the character of whatever the the local kind of flowers and plants are. Yeah, I'm down in Kent, and actually this year I didn't get it. So I'm also um, a brownie guide leader, and so you know we we do the little. It's based in a village near where I live, and so we we do the the village fate every summer. And there's like usually a couple of spots down from wherever we are is the local uh, beekeeper and he's selling his honey. And every year I get a jar of his honey while I can. And then I have this and I haven't because of because of lockdown, we didn't do that this year. So I didn't get my local honey. But it like, like I knew about the differences in honeys because his is completely different because of where his bees are in Kent in relation to everything else. I love my little honey little honey pots I'm able to get one actually I need to find out where he's based so I can just go and buy it but this is this beer is lovely thank you (laughs) aside (laughs) from it being um heather honey because you 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 can get a store-bought heather honey um one of the main things that really adds value to this is that it's um it's raw honey it's unpasteurized yeah uh it's it's uh been completely untampered with unlike the honey that needs to be um I guess you could call it processed in order to be on the shop shelves in like Tesco and Asda and so on um, so our process is that this honey actually has to go in at the very end of the boil. Uh, it has to be exposed to 100 degrees liquor. Otherwise, we end up carrying with it all of the wild yeast and all of the pollen and all, all oh, of the yeah. different things 
And uh, if we wanted to make <laughs> an imperial heather honey <laughs> saison, then that would be the way to do it. Oh, please uh, do I mean, that next. <laughs> as the other, and speaking from experience of watching JD in the brewery, um, I can only I can only imagine his frustration if he had to open like two and a half thousand tiny pots of honey to throw it in like that. Because I've, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've yeah. seen the man have to grate one and a half hundred. Uh, oh no, it was, what was it four hundred and seventy uh, kiwis, or was it over a thousand kiwis? I can't remember yeah, now. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> You got your machine now. You got your fancy little. Uh, yeah, see, that would be great for sealing kiwis, but not for not for um, not for juicing them. That's what I was trying to do. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the work that goes into the beer as well. I think a lot of people, if they haven't seen, um, you know, beers at work, like beers being created with all these different ingredients, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah, it's um, it's funny. I was on a podcast last week, actually, where somebody asked me the question, um, what is the difference between a microbrewery and a large brewery? Mm. And uh, the best way I could explain it to him, because he was a complete novice at really uh, understanding how breweries work, was that if uh, if you don't use very many machines uh, and you uh, and there is a man or a woman with a stick staring a pot <laughs> in there, uh, it's probably a microbrewery. Yeah. Uh, if you see somebody stood on the gantry pushing buttons, uh, and the beer is kind of almost essentially being designed, but then making itself. That's probably a large brewery. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. There's a certain amount of um, there's a personal element to lots of these things. It's uh, also as... led to some of our weirder conversations. Um, I mean, <laughs> from a, especially the Damn Dead series. So we've had quite a few of. Uh, so once we did Damn Dead Cucumber, which I think was about the third in the series, you'll mm-hmm. often hear us going, "Well, how many kiwis are there to the cucumber? How many watermelons <laughs> to the kiwi?" Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant measurements. I, I will say, I'm going to publicly say this, right? So before I was like, I didn't like the damn dead cucumber because it was too spot on with with pickle. And in my brain, I tried it going, I don't like pickle. Um, <laughs> but I didn't make the connection that a sour cucumber was a pickle for some reason. Um, but JD had me try it again on Friday and it was it was really like, I was like, actually, I'm getting the cucumber and it was more just a pickle I think smell and maybe the first time it was because it just smelled so much like pickle it just that picked up in my taste and when I tried it again I was like actually it's a very clean cucumber taste and I was like yeah okay actually I quite like this so I'm gonna rescind anything that I've ever said about how I didn't like it before because and 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 to be fair what I said before was I don't like it because the flavor is too on point you've done too good of a job with what you were trying to achieve Um, but I take it back so I actually really like it I'm glad of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we ask. I've I've got like a million questions, Joe. I'm sure you do as well. Before we do, should we sip this? Because I want I, yeah. I want to know what you think of it. So, I, do you want to walk us through this, JD, about sort yeah. of what we should be getting out of it? Sure. Um, so it is a 12 percent uh, imperial stout uh, at its heart, uh, but without the honey, it would only be 10 percent. So two percent, two percent of that alcohol is just um, content from the honey uh, that has fermented out. Uh, we used a colossal amount of honey in this beer. It is the the single-handedly the most expensive ingredient we've ever bought for any beer um, in in all the years that we've um, been brewing at Wild Weather. Um, Another uh, very shocked supplier. Uh, <laughs> whenever you call up anybody asking for a large amount of something and it's going to a brewery, you always get shocked. You know, when it, whether it be forty-five kilos of honey, twenty kilos of cockles, uh, you know. 15 large tubs of marmalade they're always shocked i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> then do they do they sort of rock up delivering it and then you're like do you want to try something and then they're like oh 
Okay. We did have that once with um with the fishmonger that used to be in Smelly Alley. Uh, we long time ago we brewed a, a cockle and seaweed stout, and uh, that Ian was arranged... my first of your beers that I ever had. <laughs> yeah, it was called Shellfish Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I think my favourite was uh, the guy that dropped off the kiwis because uh, one of the chaps in the brewery just uh, when he dropped off this the first like hundred and twenty kiwis, one of the chaps just went, "Oh yeah, we're having kiwis for lunch." And he didn't think anything of it. And it wasn't until the third day that he was dropping off another 400 Kiwis that he started to question what was actually going on. Yeah. <clears throat> I like yeah, the fact it's just a casual, yeah, I'm just dropping off like a whole bunch. And then day two comes and it's like, <laughs> we just really, really, yeah. really, really, really like Kiwis. Yeah, we've, we've had the lot. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't expect it so quickly. We just loved them. Keep it coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Yeah, aside, aside from it being essentially a 10% stout with all that extra sugar uh, from yeah. the honey, um, the higher quality honey that you buy, the less fermentable it is. So if you're looking just for sugar content, your best bet would be to go for cheap honey. But the problem with that is that they're made of small chain sugars that the yeast is quite happy to metabolize. And by the time that the fermentation is finished, you're actually not left with a great deal of honey character left at the end. So unfermentability... It sounds kind of counterintuitive, but what you actually want is a lot of unfermentability if you want a strong flavoured honey beer. Um, so, yeah, you've got all the deep complexity of the, the honey surviving in this beer, despite the strength. So as a result, the actual base beer of the Imperial Stout had to be kind of paired back um, to what you would perhaps usually do if you were just going to do a standalone Imperial Stout. So it doesn't actually have as much dark malt, uh, as much brown malt, crystal malt. Um, uh, in it uh, uh, that perhaps you would normally expect uh, and that's because I didn't really want to overshadow the honey character so if you hold the beer up to a light uh, up to the light it's actually more like sort of 75 80 um, EBC so it's dark but it's almost like just like a very very dark mahogany rather yeah. than absolute jet black um, I think if I'd have pushed it too far in in let's say the way that we would usually do for one of our other oatmeal imperial styles like I knew who I was um, then you'd be combating um, with the honey. So yeah, it's worked out. Um, if I don't, you know, if I don't mind saying myself, it's worked out exactly as I'd hoped, and I'm thrilled that it's come out the That's way that it's you, you toot your own trumpet. Yeah, you do it. Is, 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 you is created not, it. Yeah, you get to, to not say to that. Beep, not to toot my own horn, yeah. but beep beep. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, there are as many beers that uh, that we make that I'm um, kind of privately very happy with, and privately knowing that there's improvements to make. And this is one of the one that one of the ones that I'm I'm publicly very happy about. So I'm really excited to see the uh, people's reaction to it. It is. It's just, and for anyone sort of not watching the video, it's got this like gorgeous mocha coloured head to it as yeah. well. And it's just, yeah, it's very easy drinking. Like if someone said, yeah, here's a 12%, you'd be like, no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it, for 12%, well, I don't find it like it's that, lovely. And when you said that the the honey has almost a spiced rum to it, I get a bit of that on the aroma, actually. I get a little bit of that spice. My wife said it actually reminded her of rum and raisin ice cream. Yeah. So yeah. it's got that sweet element, um, a slightly spiced uh, liquor element to it as well but also yeah. the creamy body as well so yeah that, yes. that all touches the same buttons in her brain apparently as uh, as rum and raisin ice cream does i totally agree because I, I think that you you saying oh she describes it that way having had just tasted it is yeah that's that's 
I can exactly see how she gets that. And it's very smooth. There's no real alcohol burn to it or anything like that, which is kind of what you can get with stuff that gets that high percentage-wise. There's no real massive bitterness to it or anything like that it's just it's it's nice it's lovely again that's the nice thing about the i mean not that not that we'd ever release anything like that but that's the nice thing about having the extra time because the the longer you can leave a beer almost the the more you can let it chill out the less you're going to get that alcohol burn so it's it's nice to have that time to you know to have the tank space to not be rushing for anything it's interesting that you say that it's not bitter because um in terms of raw ibus it's actually as bitter as our most bitter West Coast IPA that we produce. Oh, really? Yeah. But um, the honey balances out the perceived out. bitterness. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I will admit that I've brewed a couple of Imperial Stouts in my time that I've thought this needs some work. And one of the things that I've worked on is actually getting that balance between IBU and Final Gravity. Yeah. Um, you can hide an awful lot of bitterness behind something that's sweet and people will til- uh, still tell you that it uh, tastes uh, balance and taste sweet um there's a lot of bittering hops in this but it's so big and it's so so kind of fat and thick yeah that they're completely obscured but yeah. they're, they're absolutely necessary to yeah. making it feel balanced and not feel too sweet i think that's something that i when i so i've done the um certified beer server exam and it is when we started talking about perceived bitterness and that you need those bittering hops even in your sweet beers to balance them out as as a home brewer i was like oh <laughs> that's something that i just hadn't thought about and no one had ever said to me and it yeah that's like i get no hop character from this at all but that's how amazing this beer is because of all of that balance that you've got in there you, you i think can it's make a very you... bitter beer with a very uh small sg not using a very large amount of hops and you can make a very sweet beer with a lot of hops but too sweet so yeah. yeah it's as you say it's perceived bitterness yeah i think it's when you you start using words like perceived bitterness and perceived body you realize that you've walked into the right pub with the right people <laughs> you want to talk to yeah absolutely <laughs> those are the people i want to be drinking with yeah we're not even talking about yeah, yeah. it's about yeah. perception yeah <laughs> it's deeper than that mate yeah. <laughs> when you when it comes to making this like where did you I guess as a brewery as a whole like where did you get the idea to create this to use the heather honey to go I want to make a stout that's with heather honey you know did it just sort of come about where you saw the heather honey and you went oh that's it or did you know like I want to make this and heather honey is exactly what I want to use so before JD jumps on this because it, it this one's very much JD's story <laughs> right, um, okay. but it, that that is the nice thing that we have as the brewery as a whole because somebody adds so each person adds something different to the pot, so to speak. There, there is almost without uh, without fail a story behind every beer. Whether you want to hear it or not, we'll tell you. But there, there is a story behind every beer. So that I think that's one of my favourite things. But like how a lot of these beers were conceived. Um, I mean, sometimes it's just a stupid name that I've had to work backwards. Um, <laughs> but but this, but this one's uh, but this is Jay's, and I, and I love it. I love how it started and where it got to. Uh, yeah, well, I was actually going to bat some of this back to you, actually. But um, it, it, in its, um, it, in essence, it began as a homebrew, uh, as did many of um, the beers that, that I enjoy uh, trying to recreate. Uh, I was lucky enough to live in a house with five of my best mates at university, um, four of which of us uh, homebrewed regularly. So realistically, it was a kitchen full of collabs. Like we had collaborations going on and 
steam in the kitchen, the smell of malt and hops wafting up, and you never knew what somebody would be brewing this day or next day. And uh, we used to have uh, house parties at our student house where we would brew all of the beer for the entire party and invite people over and just say, drink what you want, but give us some feedback. Um, And out of the six of us that lived there, three of us went on, although we were studying vastly different kind of topics at university you know, I was studying to be a primary school teacher for god's sake um <laughs> that's worked out fine isn't it yeah. um, um no the um uh, three of us ended up becoming professional brewers in some capacity uh, one of us now works as a distiller and um Ricky and myself both, both work at, uh, as professional brewers uh, Ricky now works at Elusive so uh, and uh, we we both at one stage worked for Bingham's brewery but yeah this was um this was one of my mate Ryan's beers, uh, which I developed the recipe with him. And he's from Wales and he just wanted to brew a Welsh beer. Uh, so I said, well, let's get some kind of provenance going on here. What ingredients are there that you could get from Wales that are really kind of speak to you? And he just went, well, there's some really nice honeys and stuff and stuff like that. So we ended up brewing um, a Welsh. It was supposed to be a mild. Right. Um, it was supposed to be a 4% mild. So we did a 4% mild recipe and added in, uh, I think it was either three or four jars into 20 litres of heather <laughs> honey. Um, and I'm going to admit that we were kind of newbies at the time. We didn't really realise how much stronger the, the honey would make the beer. Yeah. So I told uh. you that this is a 10% imperial stout base that is raised to 12 by the honey. Yeah. This was a 4% mild that was raised to just over 8%. <laughs> well, when things by, go wrong with honey, there's, honey. Only one thing, there's only one thing to say, you know, Manuka Matata. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. But, um, you know, that recipe, uh, it, at the party that we uh, um, launched it at, uh, it went down faster than all the session IPAs that we brewed that day. And they were usually the faster things to go. So we kind yeah. of knew at that stage there was something with this. But the recipe needed refining. It was, it was too sweet. Uh, there was too there was too much honey and not enough base beer. Um, so I was going to say to Ian, if you wanted to talk about what we did at um, Brewdog Angel and obviously how we yeah. met Kate, how we yeah. met Kane as well. Yeah. yeah. Before, before you do that though, I just want to propose you make a beer called Manuka Matata. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If do you've you not have already, any idea I how feel expensive like... Manuka honey is. <laughs> I feel like maybe it's just like a very small like collector's <laughs> edition. Uh. Um, cephalopod mark seven manuka yeah. matata, yeah. Manuka matata. <laughs> 500 pound a can um <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um we got an email from uh brewdog angel which i don't know if they still have but at the time had a load of no um, it's closed now uh, yeah, yeah so the, at the time had a load of sort of pilot kits out the back yeah um and it was from kane who's now the manager of the weather station um kane's who gave me the the seaweed and and on record uh kane is a top bloke yeah he's, he's, the, he's the manager of our weather station and he's been essentially on furlough uh for the last al- almost a year and at every uh turn and every change that the government's put in place he has worked his ass off to try and get things sorted out packed away and then built back up and then packed away again so i really hope that if you've not been to the weather station that you can go and be greeted by kane because he is an absolute dream oh yeah um, it's it's very difficult to be grumpy around kane i didn't get to go pre-lockdown and it's like i'm not that far away so it's like now after lockdown i'm 100 percent going and i'm gonna have a sip for the homies that are on for a long. well it's yeah. more dangerous for you to go now tori because now you know us yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i i had a plan to come up to reading 
do you guys like we were gonna do it on a like we're gonna do a little trek up Double somewhere else I was gonna phantom. stop yeah I was gonna do a couple <laughs> and then lockdown happened so you're on my list and it's I'm even more excited now that that Kane's there because had some lovely chats with Kane at Brewdog Angel when that was open. He's a top man. Yeah, so he he emailed us and said, um, we want you to do a, a live brew in front of a load of people. So we back and forth emails went and we said to we said to him, All right, well, what's they said we provide all the ingredients and we said, What's the budget? And they said there isn't one. And then they very quickly regretted saying that. <laughs> it, in Kane's words, I think Kane was assistant manager there at the time. And in Kane's words, he'd asked that question to the MD. And they said, oh, well, nobody's going to take the mick. And then we came along. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't propose Manuka Matata at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so we did, um, we did two beers. I think, I think one was an Imperial Sriracha, wasn't it? Was it a double Sriracha? It was uh, a 9% Imperial Sriracha wheat beer. That's it. And then, and then the other one was, was the sort of second incarnation of this, slightly changed. Mm. Um, so Jay might correct me here, but it was, we couldn't quite get the heather honey. So it was a slightly different honey. Um, and it had lactose. Um, yes. But because they couldn't, because the, the sort of deal is they can't sell that beer because it's brewed on site. Um, we got a few bottles of it uh, and then the staff had a bottle, a bottle of it. And, um, you know, in cartoons where they try something either really sour or sweet and their sort of whole mouth runs away. Yeah. That, that's how that batch was. It was so <laughs> sweet. It was, Ooh, um, yeah. And it, it, I mean, it was delicious, but there was just too much. <clears throat> Um, and I think me and Jay sat down, had a had a bottle of bottle of six of that, and uh, and then it evolved into where we are now. Yeah, um, essentially, uh, they weren't able to get the the honey that we asked for, but they did get the quantity of honey, so the kind of the sweetness stood. And um, they also weren't able to achieve the attenuation, uh, so how how dry that the we wanted the yeast to go. Yeah. So there was a number of factors there. I kind of threw a recipe at them. Uh, but also I was I was less experienced then uh, at the time of, of doing that. And because I had no hand in actually looking after the beer and, and curating it like I do at, at the brewery, um, what we ended up with was, yeah, a beer that Ian said that it made his teeth run away. So, <laughs> so um, but even then, I would say that that was a development on the kind of initial idea from what, you know, what was by that point almost five years prior. And then with all this lockdown time, um, our director Mike came downstairs one day and just went I think you should have a go at that Heather Honey beer um you know off off the back of a couple of successful beers and things that we've done done right and kind of get get our kit really singing um now was the time where the kind of development comes full circle and I feel like um I've matured as a brewer uh, and can actually put uh, all of my effort into making this a really cracking um I was going to say pint uh, if you want to have it as a pint, fair play to you. <laughs> yeah. The thing though, will you serve it as a pint or will you go, it's too high, we cannot serve that mm. as a pint? Because some places choose not to serve higher ABVs in a pint, but would you do it if somebody wanted it? I think the nice thing these days, especially now that people are sort of getting their head around craft beer bars and things like that, I think in general, the people that want a pint of it know that they can have a pint and be sensible on it. Um, so I think... Although we'll have it on the board as a as a sort of recommended probably third or a half, mm-hmm. you know, I think we'll never we'll never turn people down because we've just got a lovely lovely bunch of customers really. Ultimately, yeah. if somebody comes up to the bar and says, <clears throat> "Look, can I have three thirds in a pint glass, please?" In, um, and if they're able to come up to the bar and say that politely, and they make friends with Kane, then look, <laughs> the most important if they make friends with him. Oh no, Kane, <laughs> no, no, Kane makes friends with you. You don't make friends with Kane. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah literally <laughs> when I met him at Brewdog Angel I'd been to a to a conference in whichever center was is near Brewdog Angel and I was on my way home and I was like oh, I'll pop in and grab some beers and he was just in there on his own and we sat down I like we tried whatever they had waiting to come out from the pilot kit there he recommended me your beers there was another weird beer they had on that we tried and we just sat and had a chat and that's how I met Kane like you like you will become friends with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why he's our bar manager. Like he's um he's he's born to do that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That sounds like an amazing situation to be in as well, like the whole concept of like you were in a house of five other people all sort of doing your own homebrews. Like <clears throat> I want friends like that, where everyone's just constantly homebrewing and going, try this, try this, try this. I would be like, I can't brew. Like Joanne brews, I can't brew, but I can taste your beers. <laughs> I mean, you've got me now. You just yeah, make, you're already I, making yeah. requests. <laughs> Basically, Joe's making a mustard beer for me because I couldn't get the Oscar Blues one. And for me, I'm like, if it's something weird i want to try it so then joe's making that for me we we harp on about that all the time yeah um and i'm excited that then she always comes back of you made me do this <laughs> again the next time i ask for something yeah. weird jam donut beer is the next one jam, jam, donut, jam stout. donut stout is the next one that we're doing for international women's day that's gonna Ooh, be good nice yeah yeah, yeah. I like it yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i like it working that working that recipe out at the minute yeah. might chuck some actual donuts in it and see what happens I voted actual donuts. I was like, put the donuts in. Oh, do you not? If nothing else, it's great for the Instagram. Well, exactly. <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking from a marketing as a, standpoint. As a it. brewer, I can confirm that uh, it is nothing but Instagram for oh. that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. do the photos as well, you said, don't you? I do, you yeah, your, yeah. So you have to be like, oh, this would be a really good photo. <laughs> no, it's, uh, you've got to be uh, careful with stuff like donuts going into beer because they, they contain a lot of fat. Um, yeah. And... Um, this is an interesting thing about the honey in, in this stout, really, is that I always suspected this because we used to brew um, a beer at Bingham's called Berkshire Bee, um, which was a space hoppy IPA base with no dry hops, but with um, but with some local honey instead. And the head retention, I noticed, was always a little bit better. And I thought, well, that's interesting. With this stout, um, the body and head retention is over and above what I would expect for a beer of the strength yeah. and style. Um, and although I'm, I'm i'm not a honey researcher i'm not a I'm not a, a lab person i wonder how many other people have said that sentence this evening <laughs> uh, probably <no>. just <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i think that raw and pasteurized honey uh, must have a lot of long chain hydrophobic proteins and bits and bobs in it that all attempt to escape and become part of a lattice head on a stout mm. because this is like such a lovely creamy beer uh, that you know, one of the reasons you say, oh, it seems more like eight or nine percent is it kind of looks like that. You know, you get lots of 12, 13 percent stouts that are almost like flat and oily, you know, yeah. because they are so big. And the al- alcohol eventually does cut the head. You know, you can't you can't really get a 20 percent stout plus that really holds any head at all because, well, like vodka doesn't hold head. So why would <laughs> you know, yeah. why would 20 percent stout do that? <laughs> yeah, there's. um it really adds something to the kind of velvetiness and and head retention of the beer that uh, makes it kind of too drinkable. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll be shocked if you manage to keep this in your in your shop for more than like a week max because I think this is literally it's so drinkable <laughs> that I think like within the first few days it's going to be gone. Well, it is, Friday I mean, at the brewery, so we uh, we are already in talking about the next settlement. 
Would you so, consider barrel aging it? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we would consider that because <laughs> <laughs> I think that even the barrel age, like you'll have people that will be like, yeah, an MP is great. But now what happens if you barrel age it? And then you'll get a whole new bunch of people that will just be like barrel age. Yes. It's I think it's about... say that. Go on, Go on, Jane. Sorry. Um, I think I think barrel aging is great, but it's finding the right barrel. You know, it's, I was going to um, say, what barrel yeah. would you use for it? That's I mean, a good question. <laughs> I think something like for me, something like a cognac barrel, or mm. depending on what the next honey tastes like, like a red wine barrel work really well. Mm. You know, I love a bourbon barrel. Don't get me wrong, but I think that can be overdone too many times. You know, but what about rum? Yeah, I mean that's right up there, isn't it? You know, as as JD's wife said, uh, that sort of rum raisin, and yeah, my raisin. two friends, my two friends Ben and Jerry, both said it as well. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how yeah, close are those friends? <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. my, my my next question, really, and I don't want I want Joe to ask questions as well. I don't want to like stop her from asking questions. But so cephalopod, how did you come across that name? Because I know you guys do. It's like wild weather, but you guys do a lot of ocean type themed cans and the tentacles and all that so cephalopod was that just because you tend to put a lot of like sort of octopus sort of tentacles on it or was there a particular reason why you chose cephalopod uh kraken had already been taken <laughs> <laughs> fair <laughs> now we've um we've uh, as uh, some of our kind of customers will have noticed we've, we've we've updated our brand um over the course of the lockdown um, to kind of bring things into line and, and Ian has taken over the job of uh, designing all of our labels and making them look awesome uh, including the cephalopod can which I just think as a limited edition Amazing. beer it just it just looks like uh, just a monolith yeah you know, a tiny for anyone can. watching the video um, yeah. yeah it's a uh, really really cool and um, we've always been working with our graphic artist Mark Bell um, who's kind of um, he's always been the one that's designed our kind of cartoon style cans but as we've moved towards a slightly more cohesive brand where there's kind of a common theme running through all the different beers, it made sense to call the beer cephalopod because that, that is essentially a, a giant squid or an octopus. And that is the background of all of our cans. You know, we've got these kind of colour splashes and, and bits and bobs, but in the background of all of them, there's always this, um, where you see the King Street Pale can I've got there. Uh, you can see like there's the tentacles running through in the background. So yeah, yeah cephalopod was basically doubling down on that, new brand and going this is this is what we are now this is what we're doing um and we're going to have that take center stage uh, on on black and silver so i love it i like the label yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gorgeous it really Don't fits wanna... with with the bit and so we've we've had conversations previously about how when you look at a label sometimes you won't pick out a beer because from the label you can't like it doesn't tell you what you're going to drink and having drunk this beer like these colors are what i'm drinking like i'm getting like the gold for the for the honey notes and the highlights in the beer and the and the black and the silver like that's the beer <laughs> that's that you're tasting in those colors i love it it's that, funny because it feels ian weird well. it? yeah, yeah. It, 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 it feels very much crazy sort of saying it like that of like yeah you look at it and those colors like it yeah. Unless you've had it, it's really difficult to like understand <laughs> that those colours represent this beer. But then once you drink it, you're like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> but I, I mean, that all comes from, you know, I'll, I'll call it extensive research and not over drinking. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, we, we like to look at what other people are doing. Uh, and, and for me last year, I mean, one of my beers of last year was um, Immenso from Anarchy in just one of these pilly little cans. 
but the can itself was real simple but just real cool uh, and i thought the same as you said about that can you know that look at that can i know exactly what i'm going to get out of it um so we're so approaching cephalopod was the same as like all right i want somebody to pick that up and it needs to be it needs to be eye-catching but not in a way that it's just bright bang 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 and just yeah. you want to see that and go right oh all right why 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 have i picked that why is it in my bag <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this can is quite a lot glossier than our other cans as well. So it almost has that kind of that sheen on the outside. Yeah. It, it almost feels like an imperial can, you know, like like, like a ceremonial can. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, because normally yours, they kind of go like um, it's over the can and there's the coloured bit, but it's sort of a white, it's a clear sort of label for the rest of it isn't it so it kind of sits on the gold so you get the gold in the background um, the silver in the background as well uh, whereas this one is just a straight sort of black background and it's very effective I think I think it's very just bold and effective and um, yeah I, I agree with Joe that it's like you drink it and you go that's exactly what I'm drinking I can't explain why it just it just is. Can you imagine if you ca- uh, cracked a can of cephalopod and poured it out and it was like a five percent IPA. Yeah, it would be so Yeah. No, it's, I hadn't even really thought about that. But the, yeah, the, there is there is something to be said about making the can fit the beer, and uh, I think that that's uh, it's funny. We we always talk about collaborations as working from brewery to brewery or brewery to supplier or whatever. Um, but actually, I think that there are collaborations that go on within the brewery within the brewery itself. You know, so this is um, myself working on the recipe itself, but without without a label that works for it, uh, that's that's nothing, you yeah. know. Um, and uh, what what Ian has managed to do in the wraparound of the can, um, just absolutely kind of adds value and upsells that beer and kind of makes it makes it like the full package. It's a collaborative effort between two people with two different skill sets, and uh, when it works, it really works. It's a it's an interesting machine. While whether uh, watching people talk absolute nonsense while knowing exactly what we both mean. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was really cool just getting to go there to like pick up the beers because it was like I showed up. It's like there's tanks, like there's things happening. Like I showed up, JD was zesting a, a lemon, and he was like, "Smell this! This smells amazing!" It was like being in like a a mad scientist's lab. Like he was so excited about what he had just zested. <laughs> Did. and I was like this is awesome I, I was excited because I'd made our director Mike um spend a hundred pounds on an industrial um orange zester uh, but I didn't know for sure that it would work on jar of lemons because they're really knobbly so when it worked I was like so relieved and you turned up at the same I walked like, up and he was like holding like, a plate you in the air like just it seen it. Yeah. <laughs> you've just missed it smell it it smells amazing and I was like it does like I walked up and I could just smell this gorgeous like citrus smell and he was like passing me the plate like smell it you should have seen it it was so amazing and I was it was just it was like the atmosphere of being there I was like that's so cool because I've never been I've seen sort of breweries, done brewery tours and stuff, but never been sort of in the zone with someone that is a brewer that is like, I'm excited about this, be excited. And I couldn't help but be excited by the fact that just he was excited. I was like, this is an exciting moment. And I've never, I will say, like, I've never wanted to get more hands on. in brewing something in my life. I was like, this is amazing. He was showing me the different bits. I was like, I, I like, 
like tag team yeah I don't know what I'm doing tag me in I'm ready to go <laughs> like, it, was, it was someone showed up there was like some sustainabilities going on there where there was a farmer that showed up to get spent grain and I was like I want to help you move stuff like this is incredible <laughs> it was an electric atmosphere is what I would say for such a small one atmosphere <laughs> yeah it was, it was cool I was like I'm excited about this I want to start doing something i don't know what i want to do because i don't know what it is that i'd be doing you just imagine if jd can be a one-man party all by himself imagine when we're back to normal and the rest of the team are there oh, you know? oh, yeah, we, um, we, we miss them dearly we've, we've got a couple of really key members of the team that are on furlough at the moment unfortunately and um the the space you know for all the atmosphere that you say that was there on the day of the uh the grand peeling of the jar of lemon <laughs> one um, person it's uh yeah uh if you'd have seen me matt andy Ian and Mike all stood around uh, watching this thing work. Uh, it, it, you'd have turned up and it would have been like a World Cup win. <laughs> like, <laughs> I picture people with shirts off, like, <laughs> yeah. around going, oh, Ian, Ian had probably had a shirt off anyway before the lemon was peeled. So. <laughs> it was warm out. I will caveat. It was oh, quite gosh. warm out. It was very sunny. <laughs> yeah. Well, incidentally, I mean, that, that beer is going to be um, brewed hopefully in the next uh, 10 days or so. We're waiting from... Uh, shipment from our supplier for 150 jar of lemons uh, which are a lemon well they're not a lemon actually it's a citrus fruit native to bangladesh that they usually uh, have not cultivated they, they keep it within bangladesh and they use it only for um making small amounts of curry and occasionally as an air freshener because oh. the the peel is so pungent that you could put it in a room cut the um jar of lemon in half and leave it on the table and that is the air freshener for the whole day. It wow. Is super I mean, it was fragrant. Flavor. It was yeah. gorgeous. It was, a, yeah, very nice. <laughs> it's a little bit like um, like a bergamot orange or bergamot lemon where the, the, they're actually grown for the intensity of the peel okay, r- rather than the edibility of the flesh because the flesh itself is very fibrous and actually not very edible. Um, it's very sour, really, really citric acid kind of sourness. Um, so we're, we are splashing out big, just like we did with the honey splashing out big time on getting an incredibly rare lemon or well it's a citrus fruit yeah like i said not a lemon or a lime officially um investing in the technology to make sure we can get all the peel off of it and we're going to make a, a jar of lemon and isles of silly seal uh, sea salt goes oh so, yeah yes please just yeah, I'll, I'll buy it like hands yeah. down. oh my <laughs> god yeah <laughs> It's um, it's going to be called Strangers When We Meet, which is one of uh, Mike's ideas. It's, it's got lightning bolt in the background, which is kind of a, a homage to the, uh, the 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 steel from David Bowie there. So. Which is like she she like yeah, yeah, honestly, she'll buy it for the Bowie reference yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Tori arrived um on on the day, in fact, may, maybe even the minute that all the pieces finally fell into place. So yeah, <laughs> it was. I, I, I walked up and he was like, "I just finished. I just finished testing it. Look at it. It's you should. If you were here a minute ago, you would have just seen it." And then he was like, "I should have videoed it. Why didn't I video it?" It, it sounds like <laughs> a Wallace and Gromit episode, like on the on the day of the grand peel. <laughs> <laughs> it was no, but he was great. He was like, "And then I'm gonna put it in this bit, and then we're gonna do this with it." And I was like. I'm ready to just uh, like like surgery. I was like, I'm ready to scrub in. What can I do? Like, tell me what I can do. Yeah. Like, I've never wanted to be more involved in something. It was so cool. All the jar of lemon flesh is going to be steeped at the end of the boil, 
um, and there will be some acid malt in the grist as well. So basically by the time that the wort leaves the copper, it's, it's already going to be slightly sour uh, from the exposure to such a large amount of just fruit matter. Yeah. Um, it's also going to have a really massive pectin haze as well, so it will be kind of nice, thick and cloudy kind of beer. Um, and then uh, we're going to we're going to store the the zest that we'll have taken off from our machine uh, in in the freezer until uh, the right time it is to infuse it with our torpedo. Basically, just going to fill our kind of torpedo, which is a external chamber that we can hook up to the outside of the f uh, fermenter, and uh, recirculate the beer as we mix in the um, uh, sea salt uh, as we mix in any extra citric acid that we want to just tweak the uh, final soundness of the beer and it's essentially going to be a live creation of three different elements all happening at once on the same day going to get crashed going to get canned and then hopefully we'll trap this incredible intense citrus aroma with natural sea salt in the can on the day done wow that sounds amazing yeah oh, you, know, you showed just... me the torpedo i was like that is cool. It's just traditional like, that's ales. That's a cool name. <laughs> it's just traditional ales. That's what traditional ales are, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, it was it was like it was lovely getting to sort of go there because I'd put off going there for so long because I, I always thought I had more time. And if COVID's taught us nothing, it's that you have no time at all. You don't realise how much little time you have. And so, like, this was the best re the best reason during this time <laughs> to be able to go there and and to it, it was a bit of normalcy in my week it was really nice it was a really lovely experience so thank you for that I really enjoyed it and um, I just wish Joe you could have been there and Ian yeah, you could have been there and um, everyone could have been there really jealous now give, <laughs> give, it. give it time give it that's time it. um we, we are really just hitting our stride with some of these beer ideas we um Ian Mike and I had a meeting on Friday where we planned out probably the next uh, six months worth of um, wild weather releases and some of them are just incredibly exciting and we really hope that as restrictions get lifted um, we can invite people back and, and kind of bring them into the experience a bit more and then joe can come and then we can both go there and it'll be exciting, exciting. times yeah. yeah we'll let you play with the lemon peeler oh yeah <laughs> it was it was fun to watch you i was like how did you do it and he's like hang on I was, there's no zest on it but i'll show you anyways and i was like this is exciting <laughs> but if nothing else what i sort of got from what i've known of you guys through the years that i've known about you guys um you just use quality ingredients all the time and it seems like you don't really sacrifice quality for quantity or or you know it's not like we're going to make a profit at the sake of just putting in any ingredient. Like you're always putting in the best ingredients. I think it's, there's no room anymore. You know, we're, we're, we're blessed in this country now. I mean, it's, I suppose in a way it's a curse for some breweries, but thankfully it's such a nice community, but we're, we're blessed in that so many people are using so many good ingredients and every brewery is making, making something great. You know, you, you had three Hills on the other day, which I'm really rating at the minute. Um, Likewise. Um, yeah, good. But you know, everybody's raising the bar and raising the game, which means that there's there's no room anymore to just go. That'll do. It's a let's go for it or let's not at all. You know why? Why would we want to be at the bottom of the pile when we can aspire to be our peers? You know, that's it. Is is you can. I think there's room for everybody, but you can't phone it in. You have to show that passion and that and that quality in there, and and people will be willing to pay it when when they know that it's going to be quality. Like there, there's room for everybody, but people want to see that quality. And I think that you know, 
I always see you guys using quality ingredients and it and it really shows in the taste as well like I think that's got to be what makes such a difference of why you guys seem to land your sours and and everything else with the spot on taste that you do it's it's got to be because you just use the most quality ingredients (laughs) as demonstrated by heather honey and you know your bangladeshi not lemons and (laughs) i think i think a lot of that's got to go to jay as well because it's it's not just quality ingredients but it's you know you you can use the you can use the best things in the world but if you don't pair it correctly or write the right base beer on the bottom of it to go with these things then it will never work you know throw um so i think Jay should get a lot of credit for the way he builds those base beers to to really make those uh, you know to build a plinth for those ingredients. Cheers, dude. I was really interested, um, and it, I I was going to ask about this actually before you said it about how the the honey you've used in cephalopod um, that it's got the terroir from the area that it's from. Mm-hmm. Like I think that is something that's going to become really important in beers going forward. Like people talk about it in wine all the time but they've never really like talked about it in beer. Is that something that you're going to be thinking about in beers going forward uh, more? Well, especially for cephalopod, which we hope will become um, something of a range of stouts in the future. Um, we, we're already talking about potentially offering a, a Christmas pack of maybe two or three different types of cephalopod um, this year. So yeah, uh, the, you know, the groundwork is being done for that right now, but it, the amazing thing about using honey of that kind of quality in beer is uh, one of the things that our supplier said at the very beginning was that, look, if you're looking for consistency on the honey, you're not going to get it. Um, next year's harvest of heather honey from the same apiary, from the same place, from the same keepers um, could be very different. And it's all going to be to do with the weather. It's all going to be to do with um, uh, what, what the sun was doing, how much rainfall there was, uh, the activity of the bees, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, so you said the heather honey that you get for this particular batch is unique to, um, well, it was unique to the end of 2020. So next year, if we, if we wanted to rebrew the heather honey version of cephalopod, the honey that we will get will be unique to 2021. Uh, this beer essentially cannot be reproduced in its entirety ever again. And neither will any of the future versions of cephalopod. They, they, they will be you, the standalone unique captures of that particular year and what I really hope is that because it's a very strong beer as well um, it does and will stand up to aging at home uh, if people want to begin collecting them and keeping a couple of cans of uh, original cephalopod to test alongside mm-hmm. a couple of cans of the forest honey version uh, from 2021 and maybe in the future the chestnut honey version from 2022 etc etc uh, we might end up with a series of um, kind of concurrent tastings that represent just absolute sna- uh, snapshots of, of honey quality and range from that particular year so yeah it's you almost end up in kind of wine territory when you talk yeah. about things in this way but yeah um, certainly for honey Brewers work very hard to make sure that uh, hot, uh, the barley content of their beer, the malt, uh, doesn't change too much. But I've heard lots of brewers saying that, um, let's say, the, the quality of the citra hops from this year was better than that year. And they end up being more or less expensive on the market for that yeah. reason. And, um, you know, we make lots of IPAs and, and we've, we always have. But, um, yeah, there's... Uh, couple of things coming from wild weather that don't use hops that use something more interesting 
um, and more a little bit more unique, I suppose you could say. I think just because Tori looks so excited by it, we're not going to tell her. (laughs) No, I'm very like, no, I'm like, oh, what what is that? (laughs) I'm just going to message you every day. So what is it? Please tell me. Please tell me. (laughs) uh... (laughs) No, you don't have to. No spoilers. No spoilers. Make people wait for it. You can invite us back on the podcast in four or five months. Yes. Yeah, if you you have us. Yeah. Hang on, aren't you hosting this? Yeah. <laughs> Ian's taking control. We're yeah. just going to give him the mics. We'll send him one of the mics. It'll be fine. You, you saw how my birthday party worked. I, yeah. <laughs> I had a really good time. So I got to listen to Africa. I was very happy. So it's fine. <laughs> but oh, looking at the time. So we've got a segment that we do name that beer. And we want to know, so we've pulled this from your untapped, basically. There's going on the untapped and pulling the um, the descriptions that are written of your beers. And we want to know, if we read you the description, can you figure out which of your beers <laughs> is the one that we're naming? <laughs> and JD specifically said he'd be well up for trying it. Ian <laughs> does not seem as well up for trying I, uh, it. I didn't know you'd be taking it off or untapped because uh, there's... How many beers are there on Untapped now? A Ian? lot. 150. <laughs> 157 or something. Yeah. Uh, there is ma- a lot many of, of which are, are well out of production. <laughs> so oh, We've got years on them, so we can narrow it down. Ah, Would you okay. like it now? We'll, we'll give you no, a no, 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 we'll no, narrow no, it down. I, th- I think we could manage. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a feel. I've got a good feeling. Anyway, we started a leaderboard at Matt from Sirens accidental request i don't yeah. think he meant to request it um because he was really worried about how he did and then he said you should have a leaderboard and we said matt did he done. say that because he did well um <laughs> he was second out of two <laughs> i'm not gonna say last place but he was number two out of two so. yeah so if you're listening uh matt lincoln you're you're last currently yeah. uh, let, let's see if we can uh see if we can beat you mate <laughs> we'll be kind to matt we'll be kind to matt but we'll see how you guys stand so it was uh andy at three hills and then it was matt and now it's you guys let's see how we do joe do you want to ask the first one yeah okay so deeper darker and more complex chocolate caramel and roasted grains play off the fruit to reveal a dessert-like character that will lick your face and take you for a walk uh that is either obsidian or beyond. Oh, that must be beyond obsidian. The second one. Well done. <laughs> I've got. Fe- I've got a good feeling about this. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the one I'm going to go for. That's one so far. So we do out of four. So that's going to be one out of four. You've got. Um, I'm going to read this one strictly because I fact I like the name of it and I want you to <laughs> rebrew it because I didn't get to buy it last time because it sold out before I could get it. Pineapple goes, tropical pineapple flavours are wrapped around a gently soured salted base. A summer beer to pair with the barbecue and paddling pool. Don't pine for me, (laughs) Apple Tina. (laughs) (laughs) Two two for four (laughs) so far. I really, I was gutted because I remember when that came out and by the time I went around to get it, it was gone. And I wanted it for the name and I love pineapple. Please rebrew that. That's my request. (laughs) There there is plans on that one. There is plans. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Joe, on to you. <laughs> right. Um, crisp, dry as a bone, re-fermented with champagne yeast and loaded with white grape and citrus from Nelson Sovin and Motueka. 
You got it, Jay, or shall I do it? Yeah, I think that's champagne in the membrane. Champagne yes. in the brain. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to pick that one next. <laughs> you, you love a brain. Right. Three. Yeah, I do. I really do. Um, and the name was brilliant. You guys, yeah. if nothing else, not for the amazing flavors you guys do, not for just the great personalities you guys have, the names of your beers <laughs> are incredible. So here it is for the win. Are you ready? Banana, cherry, sour. <laughs> Lingering banana and cherry meets searing sour to discuss a treaty within the mouth. A complex blend of berries works alongside a light malt bill to create a complex sour. Can I take this one at the same time, Ian? Three, uh, two, two, one. First, first person fruit. <laughs> yes! Well done. Congratulations! You're number one on the leaderboard. You're top of the leaderboard. You, you didn't even hesitate on any of them. So... <laughs> You thing both is, um, were like, who wants to take it? We both have it. I, I think when you've got quite diverse flavours, you know, stupid is a stupid does. We're, we're easy. <laughs> there's your, there's your ne- Look, I've got another beer name for you. Stupid is a stupid does. That's your next beer. There you go. <laughs> Wild Weather is a very, it's actually a very small team. So um, you're, you're unlikely to come across anybody who works at Wild Weather who isn't really familiar with our, all of our catalogue because we've, we've all got to say, we, we, we all take part in the brewing and packaging process and the design process of everything. So... Uh, I'm pretty sure you could have picked any two members of Wild Weather, given them the same questions, and you'd have the same answers, to be honest. I just love how on the same page you guys were. You're like, who wants to answer it? Which person? <laughs> and it was just like no hesitation. So that's it. Adding it's you not... to the top of the leaderboard, you're number one. It's less about being on the same page, and it's more about there only being one page that you can <laughs> <Yeah>. be on. <laughs> we, we spend a lot of time drinking together. Yeah. You know. <laughs> It's, it's it's a lovely thing when you get when you get along with somebody in or you get along with a group a group of people in work as well as you do outside of work. It's uh, you know the, the weather station quickly became our sort of our place to hang out uh, where we you know where Kane made us be friends with him. Um, <laughs> but then it, it it just kind of just kind of works for the rest of us. The question is, what came first, you being friends with him or you hiring him, him making you be friends with him? Uh, Kane forced himself upon us. Um, so he, uh, he met us. It's he less met aggressive us at, than it sounds. He met us at Brewdog Angel, <clears throat> came to Craft Theory in Reading, um, and basically forced his way behind our bar at Craft Theory in Reading, hearing that we were going to open a bar and wanted to be part of it. Um, and then after that, we couldn't really say no. I remember um, our director, Mike, um, said, oh, there was this chap called Kane who said... Um, can I just volunteer behind the bar for you? And he went, yeah, fill your boots. Yeah, whatever. And uh, he ran an absolutely blazing shift, you know, unpaid everything, and just really kind of knew his stuff about our beers already. And uh, I think that was the kind of, that had lit, lit the touch paper for Mike and just went, you know, this guy is kind of a bit special. This is way before we even owned the premises at the weather station. But yeah, it, it, it kept um, Kane in his mind. I oh, sorry to do it. That's yeah, it. it's a bold move though, isn't it? Yeah. Can, can I run the night shift in <laughs> yes, your bar? Can I do it for free, please? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'd like to point out we paid him in plentiful beer, as is oh, yeah. usually the way when you're around us. <laughs> he had his fill, yeah. So you've got, so just for anyone that's listening, you've got the weather station, but then you also serve beer out of another place in Reading, don't you? Uh, that will be coming back open. So we we um, briefly opened uh, the weather station at Honest Burger. So um after months of planning uh, and a couple of weeks of getting it ready, we opened the weather station at Honest Burger for two days before lockdown oh, point no. two, <clears throat> um, 
we tried to open it again in the tier system, but um, unfortunately, where it is, it needs to be an open market, really. Um, so we hope and touch wood that uh, that when we sort of get back to some sort of normality, you know, hopefully in, in July uh, or June, um, then we'll be able to open that as well. So we'll have the weather station at Honest, which is um, which is eight lines, um, usually five while weather, uh, three um, three randoms and a cask. Um, and we try and do like a, a good selection of everything there. And then we've got the weather station, which is 20 keg lines and three cask. Nice. Brilliant. Fingers crossed then that this will all go smoothly <laughs> as quickly as possible and you guys can get back open. Because to be honest, I think the first time I spoke to you, Ian, was in one of the groups and you were so friendly and inviting. You were just like, well, there's always room for you at the weather station if you ever want. Because I said, you know, I've not gone to a lot of these different places because I don't want to go by myself places. My husband will go, um, but it's like the two of us will go on our own. I don't have a lot of craft beer friends. Like in well, before lockdown, I didn't have a lot of craft beer <laughs> friends. Now I feel like I've got a lot. Um, and you were just like, you're always welcome here whenever you want. And it was just a, such a friendly and inviting place. So I encourage anyone as soon as we can again um, to come visit the weather station as soon as they can in a safe manner to do so. So, so yeah, I guess any final thoughts, Joe? we'll start with you before we move on to them. We let them plug their stuff. Any final thoughts for you, Joe? Um, go by this beer. So we were very kindly given two of these. Um, I don't want to drink my other one now. I want to save, I'm save it. it. I'm saving mine. Yeah, I want to save it. <laughs> I so it's going to taste like, like in a year's time. Yeah, I can keep them. I think I'm going to do I might actually buy some more. Um, this is absolutely delicious. Same. Thank you so much for for coming on and letting us try this with I, you. I'll tell you it's what amazing. we'll do. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do a special offer. Uh, we'll do a discount code. We'll do a 5% discount code just for your listeners. Yes. Uh, what do you want the discount code to be? Women's brew. Say women's brew. Women's brew. Yeah. Women's brew. So that'll be that'll be five percent. It'll run for a week. It'll run so it'll run from Monday the first through till next through to the following Monday. Fab. Thank you very order. much. How, how would you spell that? Oh, um, how would I spell it? Well. well. Uh, would you want it to be a woman's brew? Uh, ask woman's the dyslexic how to yeah. spell it. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can do a women's brew. Yeah, let's do a women's brew. A so woman, that that'll be brew, yeah. and women's. That, yeah, that'll be women. caps locks, no spaces. Yeah. Yep. Fabulous. Cool. Thank you very yeah, we'll much. We'll put it we'll put it in our show notes as well. Yes. Um and seize this opportunity seriously to not just get cephalopod, but to try all yeah. the other stuff because it's like it, there's so many good options out there. But and t-shirts. Specific. We're both yeah, t-shirts. Our t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for those that aren't watching the videos, I've got my t-shirt on, you've got your t-shirt on. They're really good quality. Yeah, they are they are lovely. My problem is I had to roll roll the sleeves up because it was, uh, in this one, I really wanted this. It was the Punxsutawney and it was just, it represents how I feel about 2020. It looks like a really grouchy (laughs) groundhog and I was like, yeah, that's me. Um, But then it was like the only size, the smallest size you had left was an XL and I was like, well, I'm still going to get it anyways because Joanne ordered a t-shirt and then I got t-shirt envy and I was like, well, I really want that one. So I've just decided to roll the sleeves up and I'm like, it's good. It's all good. <laughs> so they've got lots of stuff on there. You've got snoods, you've got hats, you've got, got my glass for anyone that wants a glass. And uh, yeah, cephalopod. Amazing. But any last things you guys want to plug and yeah. what's your socials and all that? Uh, I guess it's probably worth mentioning because this uh, this will be live on uh, Monday the 1st, right? Yes, so, correct. Uh, that, that is the launch day of cephalopod. Um, you can buy it in single cans, four packs, whole cases if you want. Um, but also at the very same time, we've just got uh, fresh batches of King Street Pale, our, um, our 4.2% um, 
American Pale Ale that is the house beer at Honest Burger in Reading uh, back in can. We've also got uh, Shepherd's Warning, our 5.6% Citra IPA back in can at the same time. So suddenly we've, we've ended up, we, we've desperately tried to keep up after a really busy January to try and replenish some of the stock of our core range beers. And they're all hitting the web shop at the same time, uh, coinciding with a cephalopod. So my, my advice, if you wanted to get cephalopod and try some of our beers, uh, was to get over our 60 pound free shipping limit, get yourself a mixed case, which costs you about 48 quid. Uh, you can choose any of our IPAs, pails. We've got lager as well, stout, etc. And then tack on four cans of cephalopod. Uh, that I believe should take you just over the um, just over the sixty pound limit, and then you can get your free delivery if you don't live local. Uh, alternatively, we we still do a sixty uh, sorry a click and collect uh, service. So if you just wanted one can, then uh, then do that as a click collect. Yeah, um, I'll just I'll just add in then um, keep an eye on us on Instagram, Twitter. With, uh, like we we run the occasional competition on Instagram. Uh, we'll just have finished one as this comes out, but there'll be another one coming up, no doubt. Um, and I'd like to thank you both very much for having us on. It's been a great crack. Oh, thank oh, you guys thank for, you coming for coming on. Yeah, I feel like brilliant. we could chat for hours. Like yeah. the four of us could have a very long conversation and it's like, we told you we'd only take up an hour of your time and here we are like an hour or six minutes. So <laughs> we're like, we'll cut it so that we don't right. sit here I and talk all night. six minutes extra. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've been really good as well. We didn't really go off on any we didn't. We normally deviate yeah. on tangents like a lot. So yeah. we've not talked about crumpets. We've not done anything right. to like deviate on <laughs> tangents. So we've been, I think we've been best behavior tonight. So <laughs> yeah. well, well done to us, Joe. Pat on the back up to us. I mean you say well done to you but I think that's only because you got that out of your system on my birthday party when you were on tour <laughs> I did yeah <laughs> but seriously thank you guys for having us it's um it's it's really nice to actually see a little bit of um I spoke to my wife about this uh, earlier afternoon um a little bit of uh, gender equality going on uh in, in these kind of things so to have a, a chat between two two women and two two men uh about what's going on in the craft beer industry and especially with wild weather is um it's actually really kind of gratifying and refreshing. So um, thanks for doing what you're doing. You're thank welcome. you. That's why. That's what we wanted to do. Is we Look wanted that, to just yeah. raise voices, raise female yeah. voices. So thank you for coming on top to us because it really helps us do what it is we want to do. So cool. Brilliant. With that, we'll let you guys go. Yeah. Thank <laughs> right. you so much. Thank you. Lovely. <laughs> See you all soon. Yeah. And there you have it. There was our lovely talk with Ian and JD. They are really cool they're really interesting um and i think that was like just a a really great insight into wild weather beers and their quirkiness i know and they're they're so they're people that you definitely want to drink with like i feel like they're people that you want to go you want to drink with they're they're knowledgeable about what they're drinking but they're also just a lot of fun um i want to go brew with jd like <laughs> yes. like i need to learn i am JD telling about you, brewing please i am telling you you are a person that already brews i have not even brewed and i was just like <laughs> give me those wellies over there like and i'm getting in the tank i'm doing something like i just yes. I felt inspired to do something but i didn't know what to do because i don't have the experience that you have <laughs> Don't stand around too long because they will get you working. Don't you worry. I would do it. I would do it. Um, but yeah, no, that was, that was, thank you to them for sort of joining us because that was brilliant. That was a brilliant conversation. And the beer was amazing. And I really want to go and order more. Yeah, I am going to order more. Um, and speaking of ordering, incredibly kind of them to give 
our listeners a 5% off on their store for this week only. Um, so that is, the code will be a woman's brew, all capitals. Um, pop that in and you'll get a 5% discount on anything that you order from them for this week only. That's yes. starting on the 1st of March. Yes, that was exceptionally kind because yes. they did not need to do that. They didn't. We did no. not plan that in advance. <laughs> that was just, that. Maybe we yeah. just gave Ian the right amount of cephalopod to drink before that. I don't know. Maybe it was, <laughs> yeah. you know, JD's happy about the rugby results. I, I don't know. But I'll take it. I'm not going to question it. Thank you very much. Yeah, That's very kind. Very and I'm definitely going to order more cephalopod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lay this amazing i'm gonna lay it down i want to save it now i want to do verticals of different cephalopods over the years yes especially because <laughs> they project. sort of they sort of said you know they're gonna keep bringing out these variants so it just makes me want to do it even more so yeah yeah so thank you guys for listening that was brilliant and yeah. joe where can people talk to you about cephalopod um, so if you want to come and talk to me about cephalopod or you want to talk to me about terroir in beer which is my new my new favorite thing um you can find me uh, i am a woman's brew on instagram facebook and twitter or you can find my beer school love beer learning where you can learn about beer tasting and flavor descriptors and such and we can talk about verticals tastings in beer if you'd like that is uh, love beer learning and that is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find our website, lovebeerlearning.co.uk. And you can email us at lovebeerlearning at gmail.com. And if you want to email us at the podcast, use that address as well. And we'll pick you up from there. If you've got any questions or other breweries that you want us to, to feature, uh, we can approach. Or if you just want to give us some questions for when we talk to Wild Weather next, because I think that's going to be happening. We're just going to kind of force them, I think. Yeah, I think it was decided when they have something that <laughs> what what they discussed at Spoiler Alert on the podcast. Yeah. We're just going to force them to talk to us again. Yeah. So. <laughs> we like them. They're now friends of the podcast. <laughs> yes. Friends of the pod. <laughs> um, and where, if they would like to speak um, about uh, knobbly lemons... <laughs> and zest because people get hold of you Tori I mean yeah they can find me on Instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism you can talk to me about zest and lemons you can talk to me about my lack of understanding about what to do in brewing but want to do it anyways or just stuff the pod because I could talk about this for ages so yeah um that's where you can find me I'm on Instagram I'm Instagram only because I'm lame I'm not Joanne I do not have the interesting ticky tockies or anything <laughs> else like that um but yeah and make sure you go check out wild weather on all the socials as i yep. said and support them and support everyone everyone you can but especially the cephalopod so. yeah so on that note cheers, cheers.